Uh, we're dealing with we're dealing with the analysis of um of the analysis of temptation, part one. And notice I said part one. I, I know I'm not going to finish this, so I just broke it into two parts. If I want you to really understand um, the dynamics of Matthew uh, 4, verses 1 through 11, we read it, but we need, uh, we need to move a little bit further when it's down to Hebrews saying, uh, laying aside all of the uh, elementary things, we must go deeper in understanding the why and the how and the where and the when of how God comes to made his business to come to save us. So let's bow in a word of prayer. Father, God, thank you for our time together. Thank you for your word. Thank you for my time with you. Lord, help me to um, have the instant recall to um, add to the various notes that we have here as we move into uh, not speculation, but Lord, validating all the things that you have done and what takes place in your word. Everything is for a purpose. Help us to see clearly what that is. So as we venture uh, into the wilderness with, with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, um, help us, Lord, to um, see the things that you have intended for our salvation. It's my prayer that when we finish, we will have a greater appreciation of who you are and adjust our lives and walk in a, in a spirit of dignity before you and before the world. Thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We'll start off with a, um, like some key verses. Um, uh, we, although we have about 11 verses or more, but let's, let's just go over some key verses here. Then... Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days, 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Well, we'll come back to that, but in our introduction, uh, we are called to be disciples of Christ and we are given a historical documented account of Christ being tested for the awesome task to pay the price for our sin and secure our salvation. Let us watch with these, uh, this testing period uh, unfold. Uh, uh, remember the plan, I do, you watch. I do, you help. You do, I help. You do, I watch. And what I want us to do in, in this phone was that when he says, I do, you watch, I want you to watch closely. And we'll be pulling away from this. Watch closely what Jesus Christ is doing uh, through the problem, through the whole situation that he's going through. So we'll be explaining terms and also, but well, let's go. Uh, thinking it through. There's the. Here's the question on the table. Was it possible for Christ to yield to temptation? Uh, my answer is no. Don't say no unless you have something to back you up with. I'm glad you said you, you agree with me. Here we go. Uh, James 1.13. No one can say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. 
Here is a timeless principle. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. So when it comes down to evil, uh, because he light, darkness cannot penetrate it, nor did he penetrate darkness in order to make you sin against the very person he is. So listen very carefully. God cannot sin. Everybody on the same page? Stay with me because we had to put on your diving mask or we had to go a little bit deeper here. Okay. This is a timeless principle that should be noted and never challenged. Never challenged. There's some things that God is, God can do anything. Well, there's some things that God cannot do. And that is, he cannot go against the very essence of who he is. God cannot and will not sin. Okay. Um, let's go further. There's another question on the table for us to consider. Since God, Christ is God, cannot be tempted, why was he in the wilderness for the 40 days? Um, I, I think that this is good. And there was a part of the redemption plan. Here's the answer. There was a part of the, uh, the redemption plan and process. Now, as students, remember, I do, you watch. One more time. I do, you watch. Whenever it comes down to ministry, there's some things, there's some preparation for ministry to in order, in order you to be more effective. And therefore, when he says, I do, you watch, why did he go into the wilderness? Uh, and since he cannot be tempted, and we'll just begin to unfold as we go further. Fact check, Romans 5.12. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sin. Go to the next one. Considering the ramification effects of sin, Romans 5.13. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not, count, is not counted where there's no law. Uh, death Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was in the type of the one who was to come. When Adam sinned, everybody sinned, and the rages of sin is death. The, the word says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's a fact. That's a fact. Uh, so then we see when we look at the whole idea of sin and this evasiveness and this uh, destructive of purpose, Jesus Christ had to deal with that. And uh, before he deal, dealt with that, he had to go into the wilderness. Adam was in the garden and had everything going for him and sin. Jesus now is in the wilderness. And so we go to this verse, consider the divine intervention. But and this, notice the repetition of <clears throat> free gift. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the, and the free gift by the grace of grace that the one man, Jesus Christ, abound for many. Jesus went into that, that wilderness because he was the free gift. And the free gift had to go the full course of being uh, tested and whatever. The free gift is not like the results of that one man's sin. 
For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the conjunction with the function. The free gift following many trespasses brought forth justification. Adam was in the garden. He brought about condemnation. Jesus now on his way to the cross of Calvary goes into the wilderness as a free gift. And now the real test is, will he, um, will he make it to the cross on our behalf? And of course, we know the answer now. Consider the contrast. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who received abundance of grace and the free gift, that they gift again, of righteous reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. No wonder they're trying to kill him. No wonder they're trying to shut him down. All that we were ever will be throughout all the eternity rode on Jesus Christ, going through all that he went to. He battled to get to that, that cross of Calvary. It was a struggle until he said, it is finished, all the things he went through. And we're just getting a snapshot of what, when he says, it is finished, he says, I finished going through the wilderness. I finished all of the temptation. I finished but my job, and that's just starting. I'm just starting my journey, you know. Uh, therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteous uh, of righteousness brings to justification and life for all men. Okay, um, for as by one man disobedience that many were made sinners, so by one man obedience. The mighty, the many will be made righteous. You keep having the one man, the one man, the one man, the free gift, the free gift, the free gift. These are terminologies that I'm using. Using. Well, I thought we were on uh, Matthew. Yeah, but we have to lay out the, the canvas as we, because I want you to all understand that God went to the extreme, the extreme, to save us, and He left no loopholes where sin can seep in. He sealed it all the way around. And when Jesus Christ came uh, uh, in the flesh, that's exactly what took place. Okay, continue on. Consider this. The essence core of this temptation rested on two major things. One, the challenge. Satan, who is a created being, tempted his creator to choose to become like him, driven by pride. Now, you know, he was, he was, it was a losing battle on top of that. But you know what? You, 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 uh, you, you labor in, in the field of, uh, um, how can I put it? Uh, well, he, he's in a bad place. The next one is the choice that Christ escorted uh, to the wilderness under extreme pressure would affect the spiritual and physical and world forever. Let's just for us, let's just assume, assume although it's, it's highly well, it's not even uh, possible. But let us say that Christ did sin. Let us say that Christ did take that bread because he was hungry in the wilderness after 40 days. Do you, can you imagine what the ramification of that was? The first ramification is two levels. The first ramification is there will be a tremendous split in the Godhead because 
the reason that man is and Satan and all of them are going, those who are uh, in sin are going to the lake of fire, is because of sin. And so Jesus Christ come to save us from sin, and he's hungry. He's physically hungry, so he's going to eat some bread to disobey. So the whole idea is this. When it comes down to God's word, you do what God says. You do what God says. Bread is important, but obeying God is far more important than our immediate needs. And so when it comes down to Christ, uh, if Christ chose to, uh, to do this, not only would there be a rift in the spiritual realm, which we would get this now forever, then for us, everything, the universe, that all that exists will be totally uh, fragmented. And again, that's speculative, a speculative in a possible thing that's going to happen. Why? Is anything too hard for God? <laughs> uh, God knew everything. Nothing catches God by surprise. If anything catches him by surprise, he is not God. Why? Because his very nature is God is omniscient. He is all-knowing. And so, um, and so, the, so the, here we have the challenge of Satan and the choice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ didn't accidentally trip into the wilderness. No. We're going to take you a little closer here and see how he went into the wilderness and why. Let's go further. Observation, for maximum effectiveness, Satan used his threefold attack. Remember, I do, you watch. He used the lust of the flesh. He used the pride of the, the lust of the flesh, the, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It works every time in every uh, age. The lust of the flesh, what you see, the lust uh, uh, desire, the lust of the flesh, what you see, and the pride of life, how you feel. Uh, Satan works on those. Those are tools that he used. Why should he use any different tools when he's been working all this time? Matter of fact, that's how he got kicked out uh, because of uh, the pride of life. Do not love this world. Here's fact check. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him, not could not be, should not, no, is not perfect tense, proper, uh, 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 verb perfect tense, is not in him. Notice this, for all this is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life. You see that list there we broke out? The first thing is, these are of the world. This is not from the Father, but it is from the world. Well, who is the God of this world? Satan, Satan. And so his world, that's every, every, all the commercials and everything else wants to do, do this. If it's the pride of life, then you get as much money as you can and get the highest position that you can show yourself as being somebody. When somebody mentioned your name, uh, you know because of your notoriety. Uh, or it's the lust of the eye, that thing that keeps drawing you and you just can't get it out of your mind. You have to have it. And boy, these, some of these commercials, they put it, they, I mean, they make it so says you don't turn off this uh, the commercial without your first using your credit card. Do it right now. The lust of the eye, uh, the lust of the flesh. The flesh is saying, I want to be gratified. I want to hold on to it. You hold on to any one of these three and understand it's not of God. You're not in sync with God. You're in sync with the world. And you're inviting a weapon from God. 
because God, God chasing those whom we love. We're still laying the canvas now before we look at the, at the, at the verse. But I want you to understand, these are some of the dynamics. Let's, let's go further. Thinking it through, the temptation of our life greatly depends on our position in Christ. If we are in Christ, intrinsic temptation, inward uh, testings are designed to spiritually develop and strengthen us. If we are um, being tested, okay, understand God does not tempt us. Whatever you are tested by God, the purpose is for you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So, uh, and understand something, you will be tested until the day you die. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you finish one test, he takes you to the next level. You finish that test, he takes you to the next level. Lord, why so many tests? Because every test begins you also, it strengthens you and it draws you closer to the Lord. You get your eyes off the circumstances and you learn to keep your eyes on God. And that's why the whole purpose of believers are tested, we're tested. We are, uh, uh, if we are uh, outside of the will of God, the word, the world's extrinsic temptation will inevitably disqualify and even destroy us. When we're outside of the will of God, then those are the ones who are running and buying these tickets for lottery. So that, boy, you don't want to just be lucky. And I'll spend all this money that I should be using. I haven't paid my tithes and anything else. But, boy, you just wait. God going to get my tithes as soon as I get this multi-million. Because I know that I'm one of the members. Oh, God, give me the million dollars so I can give you tithes back. And the Lord said, don't you know I own the cattle uh, on a thousand hills. And, and I'm the one who, who, matter of fact, give you the sense to even think about something like this. And I'm the one who's able to supply your needs according to my riches and glory. This billion dollars, whatever the case might be, is because I permit it and I can wipe it out anytime I want to. I can change the currency system and change your mind. So when it comes down to extrinsic, understand God is in control at all times. What you want to be concerned about is that when you do something and God is silent, the thing that got me saved is going through, through Sunday school. Uh, I was um, listening to the word and doing all these other things. And yet there was some there's some elements in my life, my private life that I knew was totally out of the will of God. And the thing that got me was God's silence. I said, God should have done something by now. I know God should have. Why is it that God's not doing anything? God chasing those whom we love. And boy, at the Billy Graham crusade, when they, they had that song, Just As I Am, without one plea, you know, I, I, I went down that aisle and God made a difference. And so the world will keep pulling you. Once you save, the world doesn't, doesn't stop pulling you. <laughs> You, you're going to be fighting that old nature to the day you die. You may have a, a temper tantrum. You may uh, be uh, have that, uh, that level of pride. And all. You know what you are, so you don't feel comfortable if I don't use the word. There's something out there that's pulling you, and God is saying, and God is pulling things and saying, let it go. Let it go. You want to be like me? Then you have to go. You got to be prepared for where I'm going to take you. Don't let pride stop you. Well, I think you've been patient. 
James 1.13, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with, with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed, get this now, by his own desire. By his own desire. Um, you know, I, I flip back to going on this rabbit trail, forgive me. I think about one of the routines with, uh, with Kilroy. And I tell Kilroy about um, uh, the, the cake in, in, the, in the kitchen and uh, don't touch it. And so I walk out and what happens is all of a sudden he looks at it and he says, he told me not to touch it. You know what? I'm not going to touch it. And then almost out the door, he said, the cake told him, hey. And he said, are you talking to me? He said, yeah, do you want to bite of me? And I, and I said, and I said, you talking to me? And I got angry and I bit that cake and I ate that cake and I ate and I ate and I ate. And I said, Kilroy, don't you know that the reason I baked that cake was for you? And you were eating the very thing I would have given you without you stealing it. Don't you understand, saints of God, that when you are tempted, what you're tempted to do, God is, can freely give you without the temptation. And you are tempted because you're trying to do it on your own. And so uh, don't you try to sell a, 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 settle a situation by yourself and you're going to tell that person that, no, no, no. Cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Don't get even, tear up that black book. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. Don't act like the world and try to be and be like Christ. It's impossible. Okay? Impossible. I think you got the idea. There are three points we need to pay close attention to. It will either make us or break us. Uh, that's why I said this is part one. <laughs> Consider the participants. Now let's get into the word. Uh, we laid the foundations. Let's look at, at the word. And so the first one that's coming up now is consider the participants looking at verse one. And as we look at verse one, it reads as follows. Then Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Uh, that caused me to scratch my head for a moment. I hope it caused you to think for a minute. Three major participants are identified in this narrative. Jesus was submitted uh, was submitted and followed. The Holy Spirit did the leading. Satan, the devil, prepared uh, to test God. You see, you see the three entities here? Jesus Christ, remember, he is the suffering servant. Jesus Christ is entering uh, as, get this now, entering as, as a servant, but being perfect God and perfect man, he now enters into the wilderness. Everybody with me so far? Okay, now let's move a little further. As we go to the uh, next slide then, consider the, uh, uh, the methodical probing, verses two to nine. Let's uh, read it. After four, fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to come loaves of bread. Let me pause here because I should have had a slide in here, uh, but it's not, it's not there. It's my fault. 
when it's remember the three that we talked about first, the leading of the Holy Spirit. Why did why was he led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness? Okay. Why didn't he just walk into the wilderness? Why wasn't he led? Why was he led in the wilderness? Remember, I do, you watch. Whenever you do ministry, make sure you are led by the Holy Spirit of God into the specific area that you have uh, have been called to do. And Jesus Christ says, I do, you watch. Yes, I'm going to die for the sins of the world. But first, I have to be tested. To be tested now, I'm not going to walk out there. I will be led by the Holy Spirit. But get this now. Once you see the Holy Spirit mentioned here, you will not hear his name or see his name from that point on. But you find here he's led by the Holy Spirit. I do, you watch. Don't do anything apart from the Holy Spirit. In all thy ways, do what? Acknowledge him. And what will he do? He will direct thy path. So being led by the Holy Spirit. Um, so with that said now, uh, we move to the verse 2. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry, naturally. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Observation. Satan first too was tempting, testing Christ to uh, meet a legitimate need through a supernatural act of independence. One big mistake of Satan is that um, he can test Christ, but he can't tempt him, regardless of whether there's bread to be made or whatever the case may be. He cannot tempt Christ, but he can test Christ. But Jesus Christ had to be tested on all points as we are, as the Hebrew says. Why? Because he could be sensitive to what we're going through. So here's the first level of test. He's tested by Satan. This is not Satan minion. Satan is personally taking this on. Uh, and he's saying, uh, it says to him, if you are, and this word if here means, since you are the son of God, command these stones to become the loaves loaves of bread. Do you think that if Jesus did this, Satan would be uh, satisfied? Do you think he said, oh, you are the son of God? Even if we thought along that line, even if he validated through that, he's still been doomed by God. He's still going to go to hell, uh, go to the lake of fire. So um, so he can ask the question and make the statements all he want to. Jesus Christ would not exchange bread for our eternal existence and position in God. God loves us too much. Don't ever accuse God of not caring, not caring. He had to start by going through the wilderness to get to the cross, okay? Um, Jesus, regardless of the natural response to hunger, stayed focused and biblical. In encountering this test, he used the word of God. If you, I do, you watch. But he answered, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. We pause right here. That I just want to say, appeal to the saints. Regardless of our economy, the way it is now, 
I don't expect it to get back to quote the quote or good old days. We don't need the good old days. We need a better day. And only God can bring that around. And so understand something. Uh, when it comes down to ob obtaining all these things, uh, it says, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory, you know. Uh, and he tells us, don't worry. God knows the very hairs on your head. If he, if he, uh, he can take care of the flowers, he can take care of the birds. Guess what? He got you. Relax. When you get on the bus, take the Greyhound bus. Take take the bus and leave the driving to us. Take your hand off the wheel. God has it. And so he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Why? Because, listen, when, once you start, get, start, quote, getting the bread, you start getting the pride as to how you got it and probably start writing books and everything else. And listen, it's God who supplied. And whenever God provides for you, take the time to say thank you. Uh, some folks are very hesitant and they, they eat everything. Then soon they say, Lord, bless all that within me. Why don't you just praise the Lord before you eat it, you know, and give him the proper praise when he supplies your needs. He's a wonderful God. Just thought I'd throw that in. That don't cost you a dime. Just thought I'd throw that in for your hearing. Consider this. Tests are not designed to be easy, but informative. Or informative too. Revealing the level of skill, integrity, and accuracy. Compliance. Now, here's what a test will involve. Uh, whether you're a doctor, lawyer, or case, here's what, what happens. We, but we're in the spiritual realm. One, compliance or led by the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ was led by the Holy Spirit. Did he pass the test? Yes. <laughs> Confirmation, validation of the person and the purpose. Why he went into the spirit, the wilderness in the first place. Next, consistency. Stability operating under extreme pressure. Control, maintaining a fixed determination. Commitment, a resolve to stay the course. Resolve to stay. Listen carefully now. Whenever there is a test, that's why tests are not made to be easy. If you give, a, especially to you who are um, uh, uh, educators, uh, whatever your fields you are, don't compromise the test. When you compromise the test, you compromise the future of those who are taking the test. The test will show whether they've been hearing, hearing, whether they've been learning, will they be able to apply? I think it's very important. I uh, think about Donna Person in, uh, in the nursing and she talked about the teachers and students and I had to have my blood drawn. And uh, this lady put this thing, uh, thing around my arm and uh, then she's patting here and patting there and patting here. And I knew so I took plenty of water to make sure that, the, that it would be in my vein. So, uh, and I know where they usually stick me. So, uh, so I'm using the, the, the sticking place. And she's getting ready to stick me on the side of my arm. I said, no, 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 stick me right here. I said, this is where, uh, this is where you're gonna get the blood. Stick me right here. And, uh, and, and sure enough, when she did it, uh, the blood flowed and I, and I uh, so fainted, but uh, they, they, got, they got everything done. <laughs> they got everything done. But they're white, oh, forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got up. I'm sorry. Let me get back on, on, on the trail. 
but but the whole idea is that the whole test is once they got my blood test, it tested everything to make sure that it aligned with what should be and what shouldn't be. Jesus Christ went into the wilderness to let you know, before I went to the cross of Calvary, I went through the wilderness. Before I went or gone to the cross of Calvary, I had to face Satan face to face. Before I uh, went to the cross of Calvary, uh, Satan and I had a quasi-conversation. Before I went to the cross of Calvary, I was determined that I was going to make it on your behalf so that you not only be saved, but become, through his grace, become his adopted children, having a new name written in glory forever. I had to go through the wilderness just to get to the cross, to die and shed my blood on your behalf. Oh, Jesus is doing something here. There's a wonderful God we serve. Amen. And so that's why we talk about the test, the whole idea of the test. Well, you've been so so patient. Let's 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 move on. Question: Was Satan invited, or was he an, an, an anticipated intruder? Um, well, did the Lord say uh, Satan, uh, Jesus, going to be in the wilderness? Oh, really? Yeah. And why don't you just why don't you meet him over there? I understand something. Satan is not omnipresent. He has his minions. Uh, Satan is in one spot at a time. Okay, so that how is it that Satan so happily wind up in the same place in the wilderness with God? Was it was he invited? Let's see, or was he anticipated? Well, God is God knows everything, and He knew. Sure enough, Satan goes where all the major action action take place. He deals with the dignitaries and everything, and here is the Son of God. Uh, the, the hypostatic union between God and man, perfect God, perfect man. Satan wants to seize this opportunity. I believe that our, that our father who is omniscient, all knowing, had already factored in this type of test for the savior to face, endure, and master. When Jesus Christ came out of there, smack, Satan fell again. You know, every time that every time the Lord uh, lets Satan try to do something with Mo, uh, with uh, Joe, he said, "Go ahead, go on with Joe, but you better not kill him." By the time Joe finished, smack, Satan fell, fell again. Every time Satan, where sin tried to abound, grace does much more abound. We, here, this is our Savior preparing to go to the cause of Calvary. He hasn't faced the Pharisees yet and all these other things, uh, but he's just getting pre prepared for ministry. I do, you watch. Some of the greatest individuals uh, in uh, the Christian uh, history are individuals who had to go through a lot of mess just to do ministry, a lot of to the extreme. But after they've gone, after they have finished the test, the millions that have been affected by it. Uh, and so I don't want to get off the trail to call in various names, but there's so many individuals that have done that. Um, so, for the record, it is impossible for a created entity to challenge and defeat its creator, the Godhead. It is impossible. Satan was dealing with the impossible. And guess what? Regardless of that, he was still driven to do it. Mm. You, you're, talking, you're talking about the extremity of sin? We don't play with sin. It could be devastating, devastating. Uh, well, okay, you've been very patient. Uh, 
Let's go on. One last thing. Remember, this. I got. Uh, we're going to finish this next next week because there's a lot to cover. Whether being tested or tempted, stay the course. Out of all that have said, tested or tempted, tested because God is doing it. Tempted if if the world is trying to pull on you, and the world will try to pull on you. There's some things that you can still be tempted by. Um, those who you know you're not, if you're a diabetic, you know you're not supposed to be doing this, you might be tempted by it. Whatever the case may be, you know what you, you're doing, and that's only lead uh, us not to temptation, because sin, lead not to temptation, for yielding is sin. So here's what you do. Here are the steps. Number one, when you're confronted, trust the provider. God is in control. Whenever you're tested or tempted, get your eyes off the object and put your eyes on God and trust the, the provider. Why? Because he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because they what? Trust in him. He will keep you. Uh, trust the process. The process is the God did not promise the, the process will be easy. You see, he said, my burden is, is light, you know, uh, but the whole idea is this, that um, uh, the process can be very long. It could be a year, a day, uh, a month, 10 years, regardless of what it is, understand it's a process and you're on your way home. So just lay in there, hang in there as you represent God. The longer he leads you through the process, the more you have the opportunity to glorify God. Look for the positive and don't stop focusing on the negative. Trust the provision. Whatever you go through, my God shall supply your needs. Uh, when we, we, we look at Elijah, and um, he went by the, the book, and there God provided the ravens to bring him food. God will, wherever you are, he will provide for you. God does not put you out there and hang out there. Not his child that he went through for you. Uh-uh. Then trust God, our Father, to establish a favorable end. I think that is so important that always keep your eye on the end game and not what's going on right now. Just keep saying to yourself, Look at our nation, look at the floods and the fires and, and the conflicts and the wars and the rumors of wars and, and the economic uh, situation and the uh, pestilence or the diseases that are spreading. And you think it's going to all go away? Man, man doesn't have the sense enough to pray. So it's not going to go away. Uh, so guess what? Trust God through the process. Uh, and as you trust him, he's the provider. He'll take you through the process. And he'll give you what you need. And guess what? He'll bring you out. Understand, we are on a journey. This is not home. We're on our journey to home. And uh, guess what? You're going you're on the journey to home. Don't think that you're going to live to be, um, how can I put it? Don't think that you're going to live to be um, 760, 70, 80 years old. No, some folks are dying young. It's don't, don't depend on age. Stayed dependent on and fixed in the word of God and the will of God so that when you stand before him, you can hear him say, 
Well done, my good and faithful servant. My son went through the wilderness and you went through the wilderness also because you were led by the Holy Spirit and you didn't try to do it by yourself. And all regardless of the attack of Satan, now in, in Christ, when Satan attacks, he attacked me. But when he attacks, try to attack you, draw near to me, resist the devil, and he will do what? Flee, not, not walk away, flee from you. That's the power we have in Christ Jesus, in the Holy Spirit, as we walk in the Spirit. Well, enough said. Philippians 1, 6, as we wrap it up. And I'm sure this, that he who had begun a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It did not say work for your salvation. It said work out your salvation. Work for means you're trying to get it. Work out means you have it and you are developing it. So it says work out. Make sure that word is very clear. Some folks are still trying to get saved. Listen, saints, you are saved. So, so stop it and let's move on to growth, okay? Uh, then the last one is Philippians 2.13. For it is God. Now, that, that's the bottom line. Through this whole thing, it is God. Before man even sinned, before the foundation of the world, it is God who chose us before the foundations of the world, sent his son. It is God who after his son died on the cross of Calvary and we become his child. It's God who rolls up his sleeve, who works in you both to will, they have given you the want to, and to work for his good pleasure. God is doing it to make him look good. So, uh, so the Lord is good, isn't he? And beloved saints of God, I just want to challenge you this morning to uh, consider the word, consider our walk in the garden, our, in the uh, wilderness with our Lord. Lord, why are we in this wilderness to be tested? Why have I been tested? Because I'm on my way to the cross. But before I get to the cross, I have to go through the wilderness. I do, you watch. I do, you watch. Amen. First Thessalonians 2.13, and we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from me, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you, believers. This message will be continued in September. God bless you. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Father, thank you for our time together. Thank you for your word and what it has to say to us. As we uh, follow the narrative, as we see the things that are written, it's recorded, Lord, uh, for history and for our learning, that, Lord, we are to take on nothing apart from the, uh, the direction of the Holy Spirit. Help us, Lord, to, to learn the first, to seek you first. Uh, and once we seek you, Lord, you will meet us there and give us the instructions and the power and the provision to get it right the first time. I pray, Lord, that we as believers will do that. 
And if there's a person on the side of my voice that needs to get it right the first time, then the first thing is obedience. Jesus Christ showed that be obedient to going through the wilderness. And he's saying, listen, if you're going to be saved, you have to believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins. Believe that you are a sinner and that you can't save yourself. Believe that if you confess your sins, he's, forget, he's able to forgive you of your sins through the precious blood and make you a part of the family and ask him to be uh, your child. And guess what? Those who come unto me, he will know why I will know why it's cast out. Thank you for that, that Lord. And for believers, those who are in this whole battle, help us, Lord, to understand every day that gives that God gives us is an opportunity uh, to really come out victorious. And we come out victorious. The closer we get to you, the more victorious we are. Help us, Lord, to we clean house. Let us to clean our inward house so that you can really work in and through us. Well, gracious Lord, we, we uh, pardon. Thank you for all you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.